Hey everyone, today we have the opportunity to speak to a special kind of winglet, the executive producer of Motorcycle Wars Blood, Sweat and Tears. Jerry DeLuca is here to share his story and passion about storytelling and the benefits of interdependence. Hope you enjoy! Welcome to another episode of Plus Delta. Uh, today we have a great guest who is passionate about lots of things, which I'll let him tell you about. Uh, and his name is Jerry DeLuca. Welcome, Jerry, to Plus Delta. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm totally excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited to have you because I know, like I said, you have a little passion project going on, even though <laughs> in our pre-conversation you said you don't like calling it that. So I want to see what you actually want to call it yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to sure. our yeah. listeners? Uh, uh, my name is Jerry, and I, uh, I'm currently residing in Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada. And for the last few years, um, I've been working on a, a passion project, and it's got a little element of myself in, in many different aspects. Uh, the project's called Motorcycle Wars, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And it's uh, a group, let me, let me phrase it this way. It's the, the skill sets that uh, I bring to it uh, come from my editing skills with, with Photoshop, converted into Final Cut Pro, which is uh, video editing. Mm -hmm. uh, my love of motorcycles and my also also my love of producing events um, I like bringing something I like tackling challenges that involve more than just myself grand projects that involve a lot of people because I love working with great skilled people um, the the other aspect is the the racing the motorcycle racing uh, that's just something that's been part of me ever since I was a child. Now, it's important to note, I do not race motorcycles. I just love the racing motorcycle and the people that race them. Uh, most of my life, I've been around racers, and I like their story. So this project called Motorcycle Wars, Brian, what I've done was uh, put together uh, an event, a motorsport event, which I've got a skill set to do. Um, it's not quite as large scale as a full scale motorcycle event because you can't really film and capture stories with a full scale motorcycle sure. racing event. So what we've done, because I've got a background of event production, we scaled uh, racing down without losing the intensity of what racing is about. You're still doing mm -hmm. 200 kilometers an hour, you're still grinding your knee on the turns, and you're competing. And the racers, they want the win. Everyone goes for the W. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so about, I guess it was in 2011, um, not to get too far back, but I had a project that was related to television production and racing. It was more related to cars, but okay. I kind of put that off to the side because of the, the walls that you run into. Um, now, talking about passion projects for a moment, when you have passion for a project, you can encounter so many problems and mm -hmm. the work to solve them doesn't seem like work. It just seems like a problem to solve. So you do anything that you need to do to get the problem solved. Right, yeah. Sometimes those problems cannot be solved. So you just take a step back. And sometimes those steps back can be a month or two, could be a few years. Right. And that's what happened to me. So I put the 
a project uh, aside for this television project aside, I ran into too many walls. One of the main walls was funding. Mm. And to, to get funding, you've got to be on this project of yours full time. And I wasn't. I actually never have been. I've got a regular day job, which is kind of boring and not related <laughs> at all to this stuff. Yeah, so, fair enough. Right. So um, I went, uh, I left the project aside and I started building motorcycles. I, I, I have a knack for hands-on stuff. So I built this really cool motorcycle from scratch and it was in the shape of a, a racing motorcycle, not a Harley Davidson style, more like a MotoGP racing bike. So you mean like uh, actual motorcycle or like model? Street legal, uh, something okay. that looks like a Ducati, for example. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. So street legal. And in building that, it took me about two and a half years. I met all kinds of really cool retired uh, guys who do the same kind of a thing. And one of them happened to be a television producer, retired television producer. Hmm. And I, you know, we were out one night and I started talking to him about this television concept and he was intrigued by it. So he goes, tell me more. So that's when I re revived the concept of television to him and I just pitched it and I, I spun it a different way. Um, I, I tried to uh, fix the problems that I encountered before uh, and, and see where it would go now. So that was 20, 2014. That was 2014 when it came back to, to, to life. And um, working with him for a couple of years and guiding me because I am not a television person. Uh, <laughs> I just knew that I would, I, I'm an artist and I love the idea of capturing these stories mm -hmm. and these mm -hmm. motorcycles, these events yep. on film and then cut it down, edit it, and maybe you get some kind of a television program or good video content. So that, that's what I did. Went through a, a lot of editing, a lot of shoots um, to, to get a teaser on the, on the board to finally uh, see what this thing might look like. And uh, we did that. And um, I, I started pitching it to uh, the racers themselves because without the racers uh, being part of the development and the evolution of this racing format because it's a slightly different racing format right. it's only three laps and each race is about two minutes three minutes long so you got to make sure that the racers find it exciting and, and, and doable right, right yeah so they were part uh, they were part of the the evolution of the of the racing series so um we shot the teaser and that uh, that took me to a certain distance and now a year goes by and i still haven't gained enough ground so we we actually went out and shot one real event. Uh, we had uh, 12 racers show up at a local racetrack, rented the track out, got the insurance, got the whole bit. I, I produced it, uh, not single-handedly. I got a lot of help from a ton of volunteers and yeah. I made it you know, on the cheap, but uh, we did it really well, really well and it serves quite nicely as a pilot. But there's uh, one mistake that I still did and uh, I captured the event that day. I didn't take the time to create enough of a plan to capture story. Ah, uh, everything. Your original a, goal. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> that I was so, I was so proud that I was able to put 75 people at a racetrack, 12 right. racers do this thing. Nobody gets hurt. I used 12 cameras, all the footage. I captured all of it. Drones, GoPros, 
it was all managed really well because I had really awesome people helping me. And mm -hmm. most of those people are still around, which is great. Uh, that's one really big lesson that we can talk about later. People, you need <laughs> people to try to accomplish anything. You need yes. nice people, people that understand you on the same page. And, you know, those that aren't, well, you just kind of walk away and, and, you know, that's the way that goes. Anyway, so we put a pilot together. I've edited it down. So we're now, what, 2022? Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I still was running into uh, walls, not being able to get this to air um, for a few reasons. One, uh, I didn't capture the story yet. So I can't right. air something that's not, you know, where it's supposed to be. So we've got to shoot it again. And uh, I'm not at a point to start throwing money left and right to do it again, right? So uh, that's when Emily and Matthew come into the picture and they're helping me promote it and polish it into a package that looks and feels like a television property should. And this year, I'm totally pumped about this. In September, we're gonna shoot our post pilot, our first awesome. uh, event where I'm uh, actually going to, I've already focused tons of my time in preparing the uh, shot list, right? Um, and making sure we understand what story these writers are going to tell. Mm -hmm. uh, on, on a side note, um, story being the most important thing when you're producing video content, that's what you're doing. Right, uh, yeah. Podcast <laughs> or videocast uh, or vlogging, um, it's about story. Um, Absolutely. If you find passionate people, uh, more often than not, even if they're not articulate, which I'm not, because of their no, passion. That's not true. Yeah, your passion. Because, I guess like what you were going to go with is your passion hides all of that because you're just yes. so ready to keep going. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Um, and these racers, uh, they, they all have stories, and that's why I admire mm -hmm. them all. They're all different. They come from all different backgrounds. And – my skill is going to be, with the help of many others, is going to be capturing their story on a one-and-a-half-day shoot in a local racetrack in Toronto in September. So it's a, a decent, unscripted uh, uh, shoot, right? So none of this stuff is scripted. Uh, they're real people, and they all, of course, have real stories. They've got families. I mean, these guys run their lives uh, often enough just with their motorcycle racing right. and some don't right so you'll see a, a wide variety of, of, of people um i don't know if i've lost my my track or no no, no. I, it, i'm i'm very fascinated because like I, I don't know if you could tell but i'm over here like writing notes because i there's so many things that you're hitting that are like oh. capturing that and, and like you said everything that you're saying really comes down to your passion and it's awesome like how passionate you are about all the different aspects of this because you know you mentioned it's not just the motorcycles it's not just the storytelling it's not just working with people it's like all of these things coming together yeah that are making the magic of what you're creating um so i'm gonna backtrack for a second because you mentioned that you love the motorcycle racing but you're not necessarily a racing yourself so how did you get into motorcycles in the first place okay uh that's a great question um the first time I was exposed to motorsport was when my dad took me to a local Formula One race. Uh, back in the day, they actually had a Formula One race here in uh, Toronto. It's a city not too far out, uh, Bowmanville. Uh, mm -hmm. Mossport was the track. 
And I guess it was 1972. Have I aged myself here? <laughs> uh, but it was my first time watching uh, a motorsport. And um, I fell in love, I think, at that point. I didn't really understand much about it. Sure. But it was just so cool, right? Uh, the yeah. smell, the sounds. It's just, what are these people doing? It's all about fun. Right? Yeah. It, it, that's all it is. So motorsports in general, uh the the machines that are involved there there's only one purpose for them and it's to have fun and now cars are a little different uh mm. they're take a take a little bit more space they cost right. a little bit more <laughs> so i kind of lean towards mo uh, towards motorcycles because well they take up less space they're easier to move parts yeah, yeah, yeah. And i i was uh i got my first little dirt bike when i was 10 and uh <clears throat> I was in such deep love with it. One of the first things that I did before riding it was completely disassemble it and ah, reassemble it yeah. and, and, and try to make it look new, right? And that, that's when you, you start to ride it. Uh, and since then, I must have disassembled and reassembled at least 50 motorcycles. I don't do it for a living. Uh, mm. I uh, just do it for fun. Uh, I actually just recently completed uh, a bike that uh, I bought last summer completely disassembled it and refurbished it and now it's ready to run for this uh, this summer it's a dirt bike uh but going back to the race bikes um i just was around them um i i loved the idea of uh, the way a motor can be suspended and two wheels be driven right. at, <laughs> at, a, at a quick speed and, and it's just built for fun it's exhilarating um one thing i don't race uh but i love the idea of the racing motorcycle and i follow racing moto gp yeah. if you're going to ask who my favorite racer is in moto gp it's valentino rossi <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are many there are many many awesome characters in in the sport and especially the regional and national guys here in canada there's there's quite a few i know uh, and I know that in the States, uh, along the, the coasts there in California, it's, it's much larger uh, events that, uh, that run out of the States for sure. Actually, yeah. Canada is probably the smallest in most of the world uh, <laughs> when it comes to motorcycle racing, right? But uh, the people that are in it are very passionate and they're all, uh, I, I know one guy, I'll quote him, um, he, he talked about motorcycle people. If you're a motorcycle person, you got to be nice, right? Uncool. <laughs> yeah, so, no, and it's funny. I feel like everyone, when they find their niche, whether it's motorcycles or something else, I feel like everybody just starts becoming this community among themselves, right? So yes. like, it doesn't matter if you're from Toronto or, or from somewhere in South America or in Europe. If you're the motorcycle person or whatever you're into, you just become this like large community that becomes so passionate about what you do. Yeah, it just like brings you together, regardless of where you're from at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even and speaking on that, it's not only the racers, but the the people who organize these events. They're mm. really awesome people as well. I couldn't do what I've done so far, not only with the racers, but the people who run those events. I had to meet them and ask them if they could support me, and and they do. Uh, there's a local uh, uh, racing community here called Soar the Southern Ontario Association of Racers. Uh, the owner of that, he's such a sweetheart and uh, he's so helpful. Um, and yeah, so the people that organize these the, the events, 
I have a fondness towards them because it takes quite a bit of organization to safely pull off this type of uh, racing event, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous, not only for the riders, but for the people around. Yeah, definitely. Um, so something else that caught my attention of what you were talking about is you mentioned that you also work a lot with like editing and you talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong, Final Pro is a program, correct? Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro. Yeah. So all that editing, but then I also hear you talking about motorcycles, how you love taking them apart and putting them back together. Oh. Is that something that you find that it's like connected? Like, is that oh, why yeah. you love the editing, just seeing how things work and you brought up a really good point i read this book years ago and the title's gonna make it seem like i'm nuts about motorcycles but it's <laughs> it's not about the title zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance there was a section in this particular book that described the hierarchy structure of what makes an engine operate and what's what's cool is that there's at least 75 different parts critical parts mm. that are all interconnected that when you turn that engine on, they're all working, doing their job in unison together, right? So all these different parts have to come together. Editing mm -hmm. is just like that. Right. You need a plan. And I, I learned to edit from scratch. And I mean, YouTube University was very helpful. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, and I acquired some uh, some interesting friends that uh, that are professional editors too, so they help as well. But fundamentally, you have to understand how to put all the pieces together, how to assemble the storyline. In Final Cut Pro, you're working with a storyline, and it's it. Your thinking is very linear, right? And there's parts and pieces that have to assemble to make the story flow well. So sometimes the flow isn't just right. You need a different set of eyes to have a look at your storyline if it's flowing well. And uh, uh, you, you make corrections as you see fit and as you take comments and critical review. Right? Mm -hmm. So I love how much of all your passions link together. And I feel like I'm gonna keep repeating myself with that, but it's just, so blatantly to me um because again going back to the love of motorcycles and all that you talked about how there's a community with the motorcycles and how the people work together to put the events and participate in the events then you talk about editing and building the motorcycles and how all the pieces come together and for you it seems like it's a lot of how things come together and that comes down to the other question that i have which is working with people mm -hmm. so I currently am a teacher. I teach middle school oh. and I actually uh, teach college and career readiness. I, I, the program is called AVEN, but it focuses on college and career readiness. And it's funny to me because whenever I talk to kids about what they want to do, like when they grow up, a lot of their thought process is, you know, what's popular now. So being an influencer, being a YouTuber, being all that kind of stuff, yeah. and either that or being a business owner. And they say the main reason when I ask them why, it's not even necessarily about a specific passion. Well, there is for some of them, but for the others is, well, because I can do this by myself and I don't have to work with anybody. And my first instinct is to not in a mean way, but kind of like laugh at them because 
nothing is done by yourself. Like, That's sure, right. sure, you might be able to lead most of the idea, yeah. or maybe you may no. come up with a big portion of it. Yeah, but nothing can be accomplished alone. So no. I'm just curious, like how? Yeah, how would you describe that a little bit further to kind of okay. share that experience? I love this question, Brian. I'll tell you why. Uh, I have my 13-year-old nephew that's living with us right now, mm -hmm. and teaching him about independence and interdependence. Ooh, okay. Right? So yeah. at one point, my parents taught me that you can't accomplish anything unless you are a nice or kind. You cannot BS anybody. Mm -hmm. You've got to win people over because nothing worthwhile accomplishing is done alone, 100%. Yeah. So the idea of becoming interdependent, working with people, I was describing Emily and Matthew from Statement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they are uh, great people. They have critical review. You got to have open ears. You got to be a good listener. You can't be offended by, uh, well, you could be offended by comments, <laughs> but you can't, yeah. you got to keep listening and just keep listening and save your comments until you truly understand what it is that the other person is mm -hmm. saying, right? Yeah, that's so important. The organizer of the events that I was telling you about, of SOAR events, his name's Ken, and he knows his stuff. And I produced events, he produces events, but his events, he they're, they're a, lot, a lot larger than mine. I could certainly do it, but mm. I better put my thinking cap on and my open my ears and listen to what he's got to offer. So he changed, he changed quite a bit of how I set up my events because I gave him listening time. Mm -hmm. God let the ego out the door and just open your ears. That's what inter interdependence is. Understanding uh, what your words are before I start, you know, defending myself. Yeah. Really, really working with you. Not at you, or you know, right? Yeah, and I can't remember the exact quote that you're reminding me of, or who said it, but it just makes me think of we should be listening to understand, not listening to respond. Oh, and well that, done. Yeah, yeah, and and that comes with so much of learning, you know. And I try to like remind my students also of, yes, technically I'm the teacher now, but that doesn't mean I'm done learning. Like I can hear something from somebody else and keep learning something new and back to the idea of we need to work with people or i love how you called interdependence i don't know that i've heard it being called that specifically before but it's it true is. yeah um but it's just i could try to be good at everything you know i can learn how to do the editing i can learn how to do this i can learn to hold the events but there's people out there that are experts at that thing yes so at whether it's simply asking for help or actually working directly with them, yeah, that should never be something that you're not willing to take on. Oh, because, yeah. Because that, there's always more you can learn. And things are always changing. Like at some point, probably holding an event, all that it required was word of mouth. Now everything's on social media, and that's how I got to spread the word. Otherwise, it's not sometimes seen as important. So all those different things that evolve that we can't keep up with every single thing we got to reach out to other people to make those things happen. Yeah, it, it's going to get to a scale where you can't do it. I've been doing it alone uh, with the help of some volunteers up till now because of funding. Right? right, yeah. Out of necessity, I had to learn how to edit. How to edit. 
So I just mm -hmm. bought myself my iMac and started editing. It was much cheaper than paying someone uh, $150 an hour to do editing. And right. I even I didn't even have quality uh, storytelling footage yet. So mm -hmm. I'd be wasting my money completely. So yeah, for the least, trial runs. <laughs> yeah. So at least now I understand the process. So when I give up, if if this project gets funded the way it should be, I won't be doing any of the editing. I'll work with the editors for sure. Right. right? And uh, I was telling you this next event, uh, the budget is not for me to be running the event. Uh, it's right. going to be the fellows that I was talking to you uh, before about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, at one point, you've got to be so interdependent, working well with people. The project becomes bigger. you got to work with people to let the uh, let the best people do what they know how to do well. Mm -hmm. I've right. only had to do this stuff because of lack of funding. <laughs> right. But exactly. It's been fun. Yeah. And I think trying learning to do a bit of everything is definitely key, like whether it's lack of funding yeah. or not, because I just feel if you're going to try to lead a project, but if you don't know how each individual piece works, yeah. the communication is never going to be existent because right. you're not going to understand each other. That's so right. whether it's lack of funding or whether it's any other reason, yeah. learning every piece is definitely important. Yeah. But like you said, at some point, you do got to make sure that other things happen. And again, it might not always be hiring somebody else. It might just simply be asking for help or asking a question. Right. But but that necessity is always there. So no, I love how you're doing everything that you're working on. So talking about storytelling, is there, whether it's from a racer or somebody else, is there any particular story that has inspired you to go through your different projects that you've worked on? Well, I'll tell you something, Brian. I, I learned the value of a good story. And I think it was 2012, 2013, uh, when I got into this project and i knew motorcycle actually it was called ultimate cafe rider back then it is now motorcycle wars but back mm -hmm. then when i was first trying to connect with people in the television industry the advertising industry mm -hmm. i went to this uh one of toronto's largest actually one of canada's largest uh, television and advertising uh trade show if you will mm -hmm. where a lot of speakers key keynote speakers were presenting their their thing so uh, someone from uh, Red Bull Media House, right? They're they're a big they're a big television production company. Mm -hmm. uh, they were up on stage and they were talking about why they had such successful um, viral videos that went out. And there was one particular video that was world renowned, and I don't remember the name of it. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but it was about two extreme sp young sport uh, 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 skateboarders or snowboarders. And it just went viral. It was an incredibly successful um, video that Red Bull Media House put together. And they all, the, you know, the big question was why? Why was it so successful and went around the world? Um, and they talked about sincerity uh, of telling a story, the authenticity of telling the story. If the characters tell their story uh, with authentic, authentic sincerity, um, you've got a good you've got good content right yeah I mean, yeah the cinematography is incredible it's got to be good too but uh there isn't one specific story brian to answer your question that i found uh intriguing uh, mm. there's i could tell you um many 
Sure. And they're all really interesting. And it's up to the skill of the producers and directors to capture that storytelling from each person to really mm -hmm. bring it up to a viewer. No, yeah. And I think that's true because I think back to whether it's TV shows that I liked or books that I've liked, and I'm not a big reader, but I just think of the ones that have attracted my attention the most are the ones that had a more the most solid stories of people. Mm -hmm. And they were able to captivate me that way. Because I think even if I have nothing in common with that person, somehow a good story being told still yeah. attracts my attention and makes me connect to that person. You, you hit the nail on the head. You know why you did? Me and Matthew were talking about this. It's not about the motorcycle racing. That's just the matrix. That's just the yeah. theory that we set up. It's the, the guys talking when we put the camera on their face. It's mm -hmm. got to be the whites of their eyes. Listening to their storytelling is what is going to make people who don't like motorcycles or are not even interested in racing that are going to watch this television show because you captured the stories and everyone's got a good story to tell. Yeah, and, and that's true. And I think about even, you know, some of the other shows that exist out there now, like um, the Americas or Britain's Got Talent or one of those. Yeah. O oftentimes, more than watching the show, Yep. People watch like the YouTube clips of the show where like it talks about those stories of the specific people and yes. getting to know that. So, yeah, I can see yep. how even like you said, even somebody that maybe doesn't like motorcycles could be captivated yep. by your show if the right story is there. If it's displayed and the, we connect to the person, That's it makes a huge difference. That's the goal in September. <laughs> That's awesome. And you said how many people were you going to have in your event in September? Okay, so there's going to be about 32 racers. Mm -hmm. uh, production crew is going to be about 15 to 20 people. It's it's a small local track. The sure. track is much shorter by design, uh, but we're we're looking at a, a spectator count of at least a thousand people per day. It's the first time of this event is being held. We will advertise mm -hmm. social media and all that, uh, but um, um, we're we're hoping that a thousand people will attend. You know, that's awesome. When it comes to the racers, how did you pick the racers for the event? Were they like volunteers? Did you know some of them ahead of time? How did that come about? Uh, I know quite a few of the racers. Um, when I was telling you I built that motorcycle, I brought mm -hmm. that motorcycle out to the racetrack. And of course, you, if you have a, an interesting new looking motorcycle, people are going to come up and talk right. to you. And that was an excellent uh, anchor for me to get in and talk to these people. And gotcha. Little did they know how much I love the sport that they do. Right. Uh, and uh, so on the website, we're uh, we're going to use social media. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm connected with the Canadian Superbike Series via Facebook, and uh, even the the regional racing guys. So there's a national and a regional racing series in Canada, and we're opening it up actually to to anywhere in North America. I actually know a rider that's in the UK that's uh, that's wow. very interested in attending in September. And if you can, you can make it happen. Uh, he, he will. Uh, some of these riders, um, they'll, they'll do quite a bit. They'll spend quite a bit of their money to, to because of their passion. And, and that's, right. that's what's so intriguing to me. Right. I, uh, mm. I've worked a lot of hours on this project and I'm super passionate about just the whole encapsulation of what the storytelling is about.
uh, from the cameras to the bikes to the, the the planning of my Final Cut Pro folders uh, <laughs> to you know all of that stuff and um, yeah so riders are going to be looking for us <laughs> I hope <laughs> no and, and I definitely think like you said since it's about getting people that are passionate about this together right it's yeah. definitely gonna it, it's almost gonna advertise itself after a while like if you if you as an event holder have the right experience for people to where people enjoy what they're doing and can share that with other writers or potentially right. people you know it just it just builds on itself from that point yeah so no yeah. it's exciting to see what you're able to pull off in september and i'll definitely have to keep <laughs> looking out to see where that yeah. goes I wish uh, Jerome was here for this because he's the one that loves changing the name of this little segment every five seconds. Uh, At one point, it was the hot fire questions. Um, So, yeah, so where we're at now with what Jerome's calling it, I believe it's the hot takes. Uh, So it is a set of five questions that you you can elaborate in any way you want, um, but it's – his idea is to be intended as rapid fire. So the first thing that pops in your head that related okay. to this question, okay. <laughs> here it goes. Sounds so, fun. It sounds fun. <laughs> so question number one, what is, whether it's with this project or otherwise, the biggest challenge you faced? Networking with people, uh, networking with the right people. Uh, you don't have much time uh, when you're working on projects like this. I mean, you do have time, but time is money and you want to get, I mean, if you could land the right people at the right time, the first time, all the time, wouldn't that be right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So networking with the right people is uh, awesome. What is the best advice you've received? Hmm. How much time do I have for these thoughts? <laughs> uh, no, the go best, for it. Take your time. Uh, the best advice... I'm trying to remember who it was. I'm going to relate it specifically to this this project. Um, I know who it is. Um, he was a, a Canadian producer, and uh, this is just on the cusp of me beginning to understand the value of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's the best advice. This is not necessarily life advice. This is project advice. Sure. Uh, plan the story before you shoot. You got to ah. know. You got to know what you want to capture before you go and, and shoot it. So, planning. Yeah. Well, there's a life lesson. There. I was gonna say, and that could definitely be life advice too. Like yeah. if you just well, sometimes maybe, it's good to be spontaneous, but if you don't have at least somewhat of a skeleton well, plan, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go with that. Make <laughs> <a nice>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Uh, on the opposite end of that, though, what's the worst advice you've gotten? And you don't have to call out who gave you that one. <laughs> no, I've learned not to do that. That's bad networking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bad advice. Yeah. So uh, I was I was working with a website writer, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I couldn't do it myself. And uh, I uh, I hired this guy who was doing my websites and. He was doing a decent job and along comes another fella who uh, I was a little naive perhaps, but I'm just looking for the right people to do the right job. 
and uh, he 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 caused me to uh, change paths mm. and have him write the website. So I think the lesson there uh, could be is uh, make sure you judge judge advice properly. Um, like understand advice. Um, maybe there's a a mechanism that one can filter through uh, when you're mm -hmm. getting advice that is so that's so different from another chunk of advice. Um, yeah. So what do you want to title that one? Um, know your shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. No, that's true. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Of like you don't have to be expert at everything, but you should at least dabble in everything a little bit. I think yeah. that could definitely help filter some of that advice. So you're yeah. not just blindly taking it. So no, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, so you've worked on different projects, um, whether it's building motorcycles or this project they're working on now or anything else in between. Okay. What is your favorite thing that you've edited? Oh, the favorite thing that I've edited? Oh, I know exactly what it is. Um, and it, it is my favorite thing because I it, this was after my big learning curve on how to edit with Final Cut Pro. I took on another mini project with my nephew and his son. Uh, mm. What I did was, and it's related to Motorcycle Wars, I created a small competition. Uh, it was semi-real. Semi mm. I mean, his son is 10 years, uh, 11 years old, and he was 32. And I had, <laughs> and he was on a small dirt bike and the nephew was on a big dirt bike, but I created uh, a decent enough uh, challenge for the both of them. Yeah. And it was from beginning to end, right? There was practice qualifying and then the race and That's then the, awesome. clo the, the closeout. And uh, I, uh, I captured the story really well. I actually got this video online. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I captured the story. I did it all myself and I thoroughly enjoyed editing my nephew and his son. And my family loved it. Now they've got something on YouTube, yeah, uh, that uh, that has their the the, the nephew and, and and his son uh, sharing a, a a moment together. And yes, one hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I would say, if and I don't mean to say this just because I'm talking to you, but yeah, for real, one hundred percent, something that I've been finding just as awesome, if not more than that, is you watching you talk about this. Because every time that you start out, you know, I see your wheels turning about how you're going to respond. But the moment you start talking about this, oh, you just keep getting more and more excited and like lighting up as you're talking about it. So I love your passion that you have for this project, whether it was the editing that you did with your nephew or everything else. You just look pumped. <laughs> so yeah. I yeah. really hope this all keeps going the way that it's going because you're yeah, clearly putting a lot of work into it. It's, it's going to have to be a, a pretty massive wall to stop me. The, the, I've run into yeah. so many different problems and some of them, like I was telling you, are, you know, one day problems. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest problem is finding a group of people to help me raise the funds because I can't right. do that alone. And I was telling you uh, statement strategies that they're, I'll promote them till I'm blue in the <laughs> face because they're really helping me. Yeah, They're such kind people. That's it's awesome. Really awesome to work with. Emily is fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, having the right group of people is definitely everything. Yes. Um. So before we get to our last part, 
yeah. which is our pleasant Delta. Um, uh, first of all, I want to definitely thank you so much for your time and sharing this. Cause again, I love it. I've always liked motorcycles from afar. I've thought getting on one would be fun, but I have the worst sense of balance and I'm terrified of little things. So I've never gotten on one, but yeah. I think they're awesome. But just hearing you talk about like the storytelling and your passion for it, it's fantastic. So really thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Um, You're very welcome. And thank you for letting me uh, tell you. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. I, again, I'm ready to hear more of the stories that you come up with in September as well. Well, so we will talk exciting. again for sure. We'll yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before I ask you for your plus Delta, is there any thing like whether it's your website or your social media or anything that you want to plug for our listeners to follow and maybe even help you out in any way? Yeah. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, MotorcycleWars.tv. Uh, that's where there's any connection uh, to me or to Emily or Matthew will be through that uh, website. Um, eventually we'll, uh, we've got the, um, social media ready to go. It's not out yet, but, uh, yeah, that website will serve me fine. It's even got my phone number on it. So by all means, if you got something to add, give me Perfect. a shout. And that was motorcycle wars that TV, right? That's right. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll definitely share that everywhere so we can make sure we can support you in any way. Cause I'm excited to help you get going with this project because you're Thank definitely you. putting you. in the work to it. So last thing before I let you go, just want you to share your plus and your delta. So the plus can be any positive, whether it's from our conversation, from the project you're working on or something else that's going on in your life that you find really positive. And then, yeah. of course, the delta being anything you would want to see change, grow or same thing from any aspect of what's going on. OK, that's 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 great, Brian. Um, I. Uh... You got to be modest, but shameless promotion is, is a healthy thing. You yeah. have to have courage for that. Um, I, I believe I have the courage within myself to take a risk. Um, my, my mom was great for me with that. And my, my dad gave me the, the work ethic. Um, mm. when, you, when you have an imagination and you really believe that you can do something, uh, you keep going. Uh, question all, all along your path, make sure that you stay on the straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a straight path to victory. Uh, right. It's going to be a winding road. And those winding roads, uh, you need people to kind of keep you in, in, in check. Uh, so do the delusional checks once in a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, make, sure you stay, make sure you, uh, you, you stay on the straight and narrow. And, and that's what I feel I have. I'm courageous enough to have that, that ability. And uh, I have an imagination that's uh, very creative. And uh, some people are artistic, are artistic, and some aren't. I feel that I am. So those are the pluses that I like about myself, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right? And the Delta, something I'd love to change is uh, the speed of judgment of character. Mm. I would like to be able to judge characters much quicker than the way I do or how I do. Sometimes it takes several days. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than that. When you're working <laughs> yeah. with people, um, uh, you, you need to be able to, to understand their characters, their motives. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. How, how deep, yeah. How deep will these people go? Will they go as deep as you do, you know? Um, and yeah. So uh, am I too naive? Uh, I don't know. Um, Judging of character, I know some people, Brian, that can judge characters within within seconds. 
right? And uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a talent on its own. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's something that I uh, wish I was better with. Now, um, networking with people, I love doing it. Uh, whether you're good for me or not, I can't judge that until a long time goes by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that for sure. Awesome. Again, Jerry, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Um, again, I can't wait to see where you go from here because this is all very exciting. Jerry's passion for his work is truly inspiring. I hope you all took something away from our talk with him. Don't forget to tune in next week to hear Jerome and I discuss what we learned from this conversation. And make sure you share your thoughts with us at Plus Delta Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Till next week, everybody.